Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Janice Tunnell, for today, February 26th. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, we have a great show planned for tonight, but just want to remind everybody that if you have a question or comment, you can give us a call at 914-803-4399. Again, that number is 914-803-4399. Um, just want everyone to know um, you can also Hit us up on Twitter. We are beauty underscore talk. You can send, also you can send your questions and comments to our email address, and that is beautygirlsmedia at gmail.com. Before we get started and before I turn it over to to Denise, we're going to go to a very quick commercial break. How would you like to become friends with benefits? I'm sure that got your attention. I'm talking about FriendsBeauty.com, now offering a benefits discount program to all of our friends. That's right. Professionals that qualify can save up to 40% and non-professional consumers up to 10% just for setting up a free account online. At Friends Beauty, we offer a huge range of products, including beauty makeup, special FX and theatrical makeup, skin care, wigs and extensions, styling tools, and more with thousands of brands at the best prices. We've been in business since 1940 and pride ourselves on ensuring our friends have the best shopping experience ever. Sign up for our friends discount program and shop with us today at friends, that's F-R-E-N-D-S, no I, beauty.com friendsbeauty.com. We also offer studio services for production orders at 818 691 1294. That's 818-691-1294. Join our program and become a friend with benefits today. All right. We are back and I'm turning it over to Miss Denise. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome to Beauty Talk. How is everyone doing tonight? I just wanted to bring you some quick uh, beauty news uh, for um, this coming month, actually. We have coming up April 2nd through April 3rd, that's a Sunday and a Monday, um, just wanted everyone to be aware that in, uh, a portion of the, um, the Premier Anaheim, which is formerly called ISSE Long Beach, so that's a big change for this year in the pro beauty um, industry. The um, ISSE Long Beach, which we're all so familiar with, is now becoming Premier Anaheim. So this, uh, the industry's biggest show um, has 
been added to California's, you know, expo calendar, I guess you want to say. But um, the Potter Group will be a big part of that um, event this year with two days of live education focused on makeup artistry and pro-beauty career development. Um, over the two-day Premier Anaheim program, attendees will have access to a huge range of educational offerings, including seven makeup artist-focused sessions produced by the Potter Group. Um, you can find out more information about um, this event on the Potter Group's website, which is thepowdergroup.com, or you can go to premieranaheimshow.com. Again, that's premieranaheimshow.com. If you have any questions um, for the Powder Group, you can also email Kenya at thepowdergroup.com. But just to give you a quick rundown on um, the classes for those two days, we have Sunday, um, April 2nd. You have from 10 to 11, you're going to have Michael DeVellis, who's doing a 10-point plan for your most successful career. Then Eugenia Weston on, from 12 to 1 p.m., and she's five keys to harmonious makeup. Then you have from 2 to 3 p.m., Tanya Deemer, The Art of Corrective Makeup and Tattoo Cover. From 4 to 5, Fidel Gonzalez, Editorial Artistry Explored. Then on Monday, April 3rd, from 10 to 11, Alfonso Wiebelt, he's Next Level Beauty. 12 to 1 p.m., Despina Scandalous, she's Bridal Beauty Now, a focus on skin. And then from 2 to 3 p.m., our good, good friend and good friend to the show, Delia Pettis. She's clean beauty for global tones. So um, if you're interested, check that out. Again, you can email Kenya at thepowdergroup.com or you can, um, you can go to the powdergroup.com website or premieranaheimshow.com. Nice. Were you about to ask a question? I thought I heard you say something. Well, I was I was not just said nice, but I did uh, want to say, though, um, I really hope that the Powder Group's involvement will really get a lot of makeup artists to uh, to join CBS yes. because yes. essentially that should be what it's all about. Right, right, yeah. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But the product group is presenting um, and producing another big show, which they do uh, quite often, the Artist Summit 2023. The beauty industry's most pro-focused and inspirational career-building event is back in Provincetown October 1st through the 6th of this year, 2023. The Artist Summit is back in just in time to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the Power Group. Oh, my God. I can't believe it's been that long. Right, but the 20th anniversary of the Pilot Group, man, I feel like when we first met Michael DeVellis, I, I felt like it was back in 2021, or maybe maybe it was around 20, 2022, I'm not 2022, but 2001 or 2002, somewhere around there. Right. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's, it's been a long time for the Powder Group. So the product group will be back in Provincetown this year, October 1st through the 6th. The Artist Summit is a three-day inspirational and career-focused program for those in the professional makeup and beauty industries. It's the most focused and committed professionals in the business of beauty will come together for three days of insightful and inspiring discussion about career, personal development, 
artistry and industry, followed by two days of hands-on workshops. Now, I've never been to the Artist Summit. I wonder how many of our listeners have been to the Artist Summit before. I mean, of course, I've known quite a few people who have um, spoken or presented or taught there, but I've never been uh, to the Artist Summit myself. It's produced by the Powder Group and Michael DeVellis and co-hosted by James Vincent. The Artist Summit will once again bring the pro community together in a way that no other makeup event does. Designed to redefine and deepen the foundations of your business, strengthen your expectations and aspirations, and inspire you to create your most successful career imaginable, the Artist Summit will move, will move you and your business forward. The main program is a three-day inspirational and career-focused program for those in the professional makeup and beauty industries. The most focused and committed professionals in the business of beauty will come together. I felt like I just read that. The 2023 program is sponsored by Santa Cosmetics, Scandinavia, ESOM, Beekman 1802, Alcone Company, Amia, RCMA Makeup, B3 Bomb, Cinema Secrets, and On Makeup Magazine. The presenter roster so far for the Artist Summit 2023 includes Matten Malawazada, D'Angelo Thompson, Victoria Bowers, John Hennessy, Julia Dalton, uh, Julia Dalton Brush, excuse me, Stacey Robinson, Jackie Van Riet, Chris McCarthy, Laura Shabbat, Mark Adams, Sean Robertson, James Vincent, and Michael DeVellis. To check out um, more on the presenters and their bios, you can go to thepowdergroup.com. Um, keynote sessions from Monday, October uh, 2nd through Wednesday, October 4th. Two supplementary days of hands-on workshops will be held on October 5th and October 6th. These optional hands-on sessions are at an additional fee and open exclusively to the Artist Summit attendees. Um, attendee participation, the Artist Summit is open to professionals, again, in the makeup and beauty industries, including all freelance artists, retail and salon artists, students of makeup or beauty-related curriculum, cosmetics executives and retail managers, buyers and retail shop owners, or other professionals in the makeup and beauty industry. Again, if you need more information on that, um, you can go to thepowdergroup.com. All right. And then I had a couple of things. Um, from PBA, the Professional Beauty Association, um, they now have several scholarships that they're offering to uh, students who work in the professional um, you know, beauty arena. Um, or if you're in a professional beauty school, and then also to licensed professionals who want to just continue their education. Um, they are offering several scholarships to help you in your career. Education Advances in our industry and PBA is dedicated to continually offering professional beauty pro um, professionals opportunities to grow their careers through education. We encourage all future and current beauty professionals to apply for all educational opportunities available. So any makeup artist, um, and it doesn't matter, um, I'm speaking to makeup artists in general because I'm a makeup artist, so I'm thinking about, you know, PBA. PBA, the membership is mainly based on, like, hairstylists, um, nail techs, estheticians, you know, 
people like that, and maybe a small handful of makeup artists, not a lot. And that's why I was saying earlier about the powder group, you know, with, with their heavy involvement this year with some of the um, trade shows that PBA produces, um, I'm hoping that more uh, makeup artists will join the Professional Beauty Association. So, um, you know, I'm really saying to a lot of the makeup artists, you have makeup artists that work mainly just in salons, and then there's some, you know, of course, who work maybe just mainly on film and television. Then you have those who are doing a lot of freelance work at the counters or, um, you know, other types of jobs. So I hope that, you know, they would take advantage of something like, you know, something like this. So PBA is offering five different scholarships, and one is, is called the PBA Lifetime Member Scholarship, and the deadline to apply for that is March 31st. There's the Milady Rise Scholarship, and that deadline is May 15th. You have the Kendall Ong Memorial Scholarship, and that deadline is July 15th. The My Salon Suite Student Scholarship, that um, deadline is August 15th. And then there's the Rosie Salon Software Scholarship, and that deadline is October 1st. So pretty much like, I feel like it kind of skips like it's March, you know, it skips April, and then there's a May deadline, and it skips June, and there's a July deadline, um, and an August deadline, and then it skips September. So pretty much almost every month starting with March, you know, with the exception of June and September, there's a deadline for a scholarship. So um, if you're interested, go out to probeauty.org, and you can go um, hit their education and scholarship tabs to find out details on these scholarships. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to go, you know, take the time to go through like what each, what the requirements are for whatever, but um, it should be basic, basic requirements. But um, and I'll just tell you about the lifetime member. Scholarship. Again, that deadline is March 31st. Um, scholarships will be awarded to current PBA preferred and student members to use towards continuing education or cosmetology school. That's nice. Um, I wasn't thinking that, you know, I'm thinking if you're a current student, but that's, that's nice to help you continue to pay for cosmetology school. And with that scholarship, five there are five scholarship recipients will be chosen. So that's another thing. It's not, you know, you apply and only one person can get it. With this particular scholarship, five people can receive the scholarship. So I would definitely um, jump on these op- opportunities. But five scholarship recipients will be chosen and notified by email. All scholarships are funded by the Joseph L. Wire Trust and administered by the PBA Charities. Applications will be reviewed by a committee appointed by the PBA chair. Scholarship awards are final. Scholarship funds awarded must be used in 2023. Again, this applies to the PBA lifetime member scholarship only. I have not gone over any details for any of the other um, four, four scholarships that I mentioned, but particularly for this one, um, you have to use the monies in this year and there will be five scholarships awarded. 
So again, if you go into the website, there you can find all the full terms and conditions of each scholarship and the eligibility rules for each particular scholarship. So I think it's a wonderful opportunity. Um, basically, there's money out there um, to be awarded for students who want to continue their education and for professionals who just want to, you know, go back and get take more classes. The money is out there. Again, there's the PBA Lifetime Membership Scholarship, the Milady Rise Scholarship, the Kendall Ong Memorial Scholarship, the My Salon Suite Student Scholarship, and the Rosie Salon Software uh, Scholarship. I'm making the assumption that students can apply for all five scholarships, but there is one in particular which is just for students, and that's the My Salon Suite Student Scholarship. Again, it's PBA, uh, the Professional Beauty Association, and you can go to probeauty.org for more information for that. that that's really nice that um, that PBA, you know, has so much to offer. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. because a lot of times opportunities like that, you never really hear about them. You know, yeah. especially I'm thinking like, especially with, with um, you know, like with us, for instance, being in you know television and film, you would never really hear about PBA. It's, right. it's almost like those paths don't cross. But if it wasn't for the fact that you know, early on in our careers, that we kind of sought out a bunch of different things and a bunch of different opportunities, so we were mm-hmm. members of P. We've been members of PBA for a very long time. Um, yeah. So, so of course we know, and that's why we're always, you know, talking about them and bringing bringing up a lot of this stuff. But you know, for people who are not members of PBA, they probably would never really hear about PBA. They probably would never really hear about a lot of the opportunities. And, and you know, you one know, of these the reasons are, these I think. Mm-hmm. I think I think one of the reasons why you probably wouldn't, because I feel like um, more salon professionals. Are, are more aware of it, you know, because like I said, yeah. the membership is heavy with, uh, you know, like estheticians and hairstylists. So those are people that are coming out of salons and spas. And so right. they would know more. Yeah, so they would know more about it. Like I said, makeup artists that work in salons, sometimes in hair salons, especially in, um, in like white salons, you'll find um, – the makeup artist is also someone who might provide a hair service. You know what I mean? So um, right. you don't find a lot of makeup. When, when salons have makeup artists, like I said, they may be doing double duty or the standalone makeup artist sometimes is in, like, for instance, I've noticed in black salons, like the makeup artist is not there all day. You know what I mean? It's just like limited time. So a lot of makeup artists, aren't really salon necessarily, salon professionals. So they probably right. wouldn't, like you said, be familiar with PBA and all that PBA has to offer. True. I yeah, totally agree true. with that. Um, but since we're mentioning it, mentioning it, I will go on to say, um, again, that you can go to PBA to find out also more about um, their membership. 
Um, they have different um, levels of membership, and you can go to their website, again, probeauty.org, and their, you know, preferred basic membership is only $50 a year. So um, that's easy breezy, and you get more than $50 worth of um, benefits and resources provided and discounts to some of those trade shows um, that you were speaking of a little earlier. You know, they have memberships for businesses and for um, those who are at the, like, executive level and, you know, those who own beauty um, beauty businesses, like, you know, some of the, not small businesses, but some of the larger beauty businesses, they also have memberships for those people as well. So you can go to the website and check all of that out to find out more information about it. But it's definitely, it's definitely worth it. And a lot of freelancers who don't have insurance joining um, PBA, you know, there is some insurance that's provided. You know, I don't know how great it is. I don't know how much it is, but there is something that's provided with your membership. So it's definitely worth checking out. And then I just wanted to briefly mention um, <clears throat> something that that's going on that I just recently found out about is that there's this federal issue that's happening that those of us who um, who work in entertainment, um, and if you're a part of a union, you need to be paying attention to this. And our union, IATSE, which is the International Alliance of Stage and Theatrical Employees, here has a um, there's this big agenda that they have going on, and they they really are trying to push for um, members to pay attention. Labor unions are under assault with policies across the country undermining workers' collective bargaining rights, stripping union workers of the wages, benefits, and retirement security they deserve. And they're basically saying we must strengthen the federal laws that protect workers' rights to organize a union and bargain for higher wages and better benefits. And so, you know, they want to pass the Protecting the Rights to Organize Act, and they want to increase funding for the National Labor Relations Board. Um, there's a lot of um, talk about protecting the rights to organize, expand collective bargaining rights, and eliminate so-called right-to-work laws. So that's a lot. and. I really don't know what it all means. Um, um, eliminating so-called right-to-work laws, if that were to happen, is that would that be eliminating rights, those states that are considered right-to-work states, or, or do you think it's just certain right-to-work laws? You know, I, I feel like it would possibly be eliminating right-to-work states. Hmm. I don't know. I don't really don't know what it is. They don't go into detail, so that's why I want to really pay attention to what um, this means 
but they want to increase federal funding for the arts, um, enforce strong copyright laws to protect creative content. That's interesting. Um, this is definitely something to look more into or to keep our ears open about. They want to advance equity, diversity, and inclusion in the arts and entertainment industry. Um, of course, defending pension funds and ensure retirement security after a lifetime of work. That's something that, that people really should pay attention to, that right there. And then um, restore tax fairness for union creative professionals. Now, you remember when Donald Trump became president. And everybody complained, probably the, the next year, everybody was complaining because all of those different deductions that people used to take and, you know, they can no longer deduct certain things anymore. And people were like, oh, my God, you know, I guess they weren't getting the refunds that they were used to and things like that. Um, and, of course, now those those it's still in effect. It's still, what, Donald Trump? Let me see. So that was like one, at least three out of his four years that was going on. Well, it's still going on now. So and now they're saying the 2017 Tax Cuts and Job Acts eliminated unreimbursed employee expenses as a tax deduction. W-2 workers lost the ability to deduct expenses, often significant, like our equipment, travel for work, and even union dues. This meant an industry-wide tax increase for working-class union creative professionals. So now they want to pass this Performing Arts Tax Parity Act to update the Qualified Performing Artist Tax Deduction. I mean, we're all in favor of that. And to restore the tax deductibility of union dues, tax breaks um, for companies that unions bust. So I just wanted to mention it so that, you know, people can start paying attention to it um, because when it's time to vote, everyone needs to vote. Yeah. You know, no matter how, you know, no matter how you feel about it one way or other, but we all need to, to get out there and vote. So I'm going to pay a little bit more attention to it. Um, and try to figure out what some of this thing, some of this stuff means. I'm like the, the restore the tax fairness is very clear. But I don't know what, um, you know, I want to know more about protecting the rights to organize. Um, um, and I, I'm assuming they're talking about, for instance, shows that come into town that are non-union and they want to organize right. to, make, to make them union. Um, right. I don't know if that's something where they're, they were trying to stop some of that. I don't know. So I want to, you know, know more about that. Um, the collective bargaining rights, and then eliminating so-called right-to-work laws. So I wonder if you eliminate the so-called right-to-work laws, how would that play into also um, those productions organizing? So. Yeah. Now, you know, a lot of non-union productions, you know, they, they of course, they are totally against you know, the unions coming in organizing. Because like the thing is if they wanted to be union they they, they know how to do that. They know how to become a union project uh, project. But they exactly. don't want to do that because it's more expensive for them to do that. But you have right. workers 
who are being mistreated, and that's the whole reason why, you know, workers want the unions to come in and organize. Um, sometimes right. the workers call. Sometimes the non-union workers call the union. Um, but in order for the union to be able to help them in any way, then they have to organize. And then also, a lot of times you have a lot of union workers who may be working on non-union projects, and when things happen, then they reach out to the union to get the union um, involved. Um, right. But that's the whole purpose of why the union wants to organize is because they want to make sure those workers are covered. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for anybody out and, there who's thinking about, for anybody out there who's thinking about getting into the union, and you thinking getting into the union is just so that you can work on union projects, then you have no clue as to really what the union is all about, because it's not really just about working on union projects. You know, it's it's basically you're being provided, um, you know, protection as a, as a laborer. And you know yeah. they're covering you. They're 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 you know speaking on your behalf when it comes to labor relations. Absolutely, absolutely. It's more than just qualifying you to work on feature film and t- television. It's a whole lot more than that, and um, it's so important. It's so important that that people understand what they're getting into. And also there's, you know, there's a small handful of artists who who are non-union, who work on union projects all the time, and they don't want to join the union. Yes. And I know that's your choice because this is a right-to-work, Georgia anyway, is a right-to-work state. So that's your choice to say, you know, you know, I have a right not to join. But I feel like if you have what you need to join, I think it's to your advantage to join because who knows how some of these things are going to play into effect. I don't know what the laws are going to say this time next year. I don't know what the changes are going to be, but we see what I just gave you a brief synopsis of what they're trying to do. So um, for those who who qualify to join and haven't because they feel like, well, why should I join when, you know, I'm already working on union stuff? I've, you know, that's been a lot of people, you know, a lot of people's attitudes over the years. So um, it's, I, I feel like it's to your advantage to join. But we'll keep an eye out on that and see where some of this goes. Um, Trying to see when they said, I guess they don't say, but I guess we'll be hearing more about it coming up soon. But for those of you who are listening who are um, a part of IATSE, please definitely pay attention um, to what's going on. On to the good stuff. So as some of you may know, um, the NAACP Image Awards have been taking place all week long. Um, (laughs) I don't know what... You know, I don't, I don't, I'm kind of confused because I just did see, um, I guess they were showing it again 
just had it had just started on BET this evening when I turned the TV on. The show, the image was had just started, so I didn't look at it, so I don't know what the actual show on Saturday what they presented. Um, but I do know that there have been different awards being awarded all week long, different um, smaller, um, smaller. I guess so, you would say smaller shows, maybe. So on Saturday, well, it's, it's like the the main show that we always see where they present like um, like the best actress award, best actor award. Um, mm-hmm. You know things like that. What we normally see earlier in the week, I do know that they presented awards for um, the new the new categories, which was hair, makeup, and costumes. They presented those awards. They also presented awards for like uh, voiceovers, um, mm-hmm. things like that. I think um, also for in the in the literature, you know, category. Like so, for some people who have written books, you know, so those those types of awards were presented um, early on this week, right? And I have the um, I have the the winners. So, like like you just mentioned, that there's three new categories for costumes, hair, and makeup. And so, for costumes, Ruth Carter, Wakanda Forever. Makeup, our friend Debbie Young, We Run This City. It's a TV show, um, HBO Max, I think. And then uh, Camille Friend for Hair, Wakanda Forever. So those were the winners, the very first winners for the costume, hair, and makeup category for the NAACP Image Awards. And then some of you probably don't even know about this um, this award show or even paid attention to it, but the 28th Annual Critics' Choice Awards, which took place probably about a month ago, a little over a month ago, um, and in the categories of Best Costume Design, Ruth Carter won for Wakanda Forever. And some of the nominees in that category was um, Glass Onion, Elvis, The Woman King, Babylon, and then Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. The hair and makeup um, categories were it was one just one award, a combined award, and that and the winner of that was the makeup team from Elvis. They won Best Hair and Makeup at the Critics Choice Awards. Some of the nominees in that category, again, Babylon, um, The Batman, Wakanda Forever, The Whale, and then Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. So that was the Critics' Choice um, Awards. Again, like I said, it's that award, people, it, I don't know, it's so quiet, and nobody really makes a big deal about it. Um, but it did take place, and it was on TV. So it was out there for people to see. But, um, again, best hair and makeup, the Elvis team, and best costume design, Ruth Carter.
And then the Guild Awards, which we participated right. in, um, so many. I mean, of course, it's the Hair and Makeup Guild Awards. So, of course, all of the categories are going to be different hair and makeup right. categories. Right. So, <laughs> so, I don't know if we want to go through all of them tonight, but... Um, well, maybe we can go through a lot. few. Okay. Um, let's see. But let me just point this out, too, while I'm trying to pull up um, pull up that list. Um, but the nominees for or the Academy Awards uh, for Best Makeup and Hair, um, they're listed in the order of, of I would say, um, their best chances, I would say. <laughs> I'll put it like that, like. <laughs> The whale uh-huh. and Elvis are really leading the pack, and we know Elvis is kind of like, you know, have been winning all of the um, makeup awards, you know, with the BAFTAs and um, the Guild Awards. So, you know, they're leading the pack. You know, it seems like they're the clear winner, but the whale has a slight edge over Elvis um, in the Academy Awards. Um, they did like this digital prosthetic makeup. So, you know, in mm-hmm. Elvis, of course, they, they use they use prosthetics to change um, Elvis's face, um, you know, as he was aging and things like that. Um, but with mm-hmm. the whale, all of the prosthetics was done digitally. And so that wow. has a slight edge. Yeah, that has a slight edge over Elvis um, in this category for the Oscars. So, you know, they have them listed kind of like, you know, the ones with the best chances are at the top of the list. The ones with the least best chances are at the bottom of the list. But these are the, well, these are the nominees. That's interesting because – I don't mean to cut you off from the nominees, but let me just say this really quickly. That's interesting because you said it was a – it was a like the work was done digitally, right? Mm-hmm. What if that – continues, you know what I mean? Like more people go that route. What is it's almost like what does that mean? Like you know that means that people will be out of a job. That's what that means. Right. Right. And then how how do you but because it's a digital situation, how do you how do you judge that? Like these people work with their hands to to create this stuff and then to you know, then to apply it and what and all the other steps that you have to take with it and then somebody else does something in a digital way. Now it may look great. I haven't seen the whale, but now I wanna see the whale. Um but you know but you know there there are there are some effects folks who still they 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 do a lot of things digitally and when it comes to creating a lot of this stuff, um so mm-hmm. they'll they'll have um They'll create a lot of uh, renderings of, you know, like what um, what the outcome is going to look like on someone and, and things like that. So there still is a lot of things that they may create digitally on the front end anyway when they're creating the prosthetics. I mean, maybe not the prosthetics themselves, but, you know, you can get a good idea of what things will look like. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they go about this whole process. That would be interesting. Maybe we could try to get um, 
the makeup team from the whale on the show and, and talk about it. But, you know, it, it's, it's definitely interesting. Um, based on a lot of the crit- critics, you know, the nominees listed, you know, like I said, the whale has, has the best chance, but Elvis comes in a pretty close second. So we have the whale, you have Elvis, all Quiet on the Western Front, which is on Netflix. Um, you have The Batman and Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Hmm. Let me ask That's how they have them listed, and those are the nominees. Right, and I, I, think, I think you said it right when you, when you talked about the order that it was in. Um, let me ask you, going back to the Guild, I know you were going to pull it up and try to um, – mentioned some of the categories. Pull up, I know that Elvis won in the category that we were in. Do you remember, because the, the whale was the, the, they won and they were the last, they were the last category. Do you remember what that category the, was? Yes. Mm-hmm. That was for special effects. It was special effects, but was it in a period or was it just, Contemporary. What no, was it, the, it, didn't, it didn't. Yeah, it was just special effects. It wasn't for a period or anything. Okay. Gotcha. Now, of course, okay. Elvis was like was was period makeup, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was gotcha. just special effects. Uh, yeah. Because at that time, yeah. it seemed like when they announced the whale, it seemed like it was almost like a, a surprise. Like um. Well. Because for some reason, for some reason, I thought Elvis was in that category. Originally, he was. Yeah, and then yeah, so Elvis, yeah, Elvis was in the category for special effects, and they were in the category for just regular and, and period, and then the whale won the effects. So that kind of tells me. That kind of tells me a little something. <laughs> I think those two are going to be battling it out, but, you know, they can battle all they want. Once those nominations are in and counted, it is what it is. But yeah. it's going to be interesting because I think for a while people were just like thinking like, okay, Elvis is probably going to win it all, but um, there's a very good chance that it may be the whale. So I can't wait to yeah. see so, um, how about I just give you? How about I just give you some of the uh, winners? Okay. Instead of giving you all of the um, nominees, so feature length motion pictures, best contemporary makeup, um, everything everywhere all at once, uh, Michelle Chung, Aaron Rosenman, and 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 Danya Ridgeway. Um, best makeup, I'm sorry, best period and character makeup. That was our category. Um, Elvis, uh, Shane Thomas, and Angela Conti. Best special makeup effects. Again, we just talked about it. The Whale, um, Adrian Morat, and Kathy C., and Chris Gallagher. Um, we'll skip over hairstyling. Or do you want to hear hairstyling? I'll do hairstyling. Best Contemporary Hairstyling, Black Panther, um, Wakanda Forever, Camille Friend, Evelyn Feliciano, and then our friends Marva Stokes and Victor Paz, 
They were all a part of that team. And let me not leave out uh, Miss Nikki Wright, who yes. was Letitia's uh, hairstylist. Um, she was not on the ballot, but she was a key part of um, that hair team. She, I mean, a very important part of the hair team. I mean, Letitia was number one. So, and and uh, I would go forward in saying that her work is pretty much a lot of what they were looking at. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Television series, limited miniseries, or movie for television. Uh, Best Contemporary Makeup, Euphoria, Season 2. Daniela Davy, Tara Lang, and Alexandra French. Uh, Best Period and or Character Makeup. Again, this is for a television series. For Pam and Tommy, um, David Williams, Jennifer Aspinall, uh, Dave Snyder, and Bill Meyer. Best Special Makeup Effects. For television series, uh, Pam and Tommy, David Williams, Jason Collins, Mo Meinhart, Abby Lyle Clausen. Best Contemporary Hairstyling for a Television Series, Abbott Elementary. Maura Frazier, Dustin Osborne, Christina Joseph. Okay, let me just stop there. <laughs> when this team won, when Abbott Elementary won for Best Contemporary Hairstyling, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I thought I was going to crawl under the table because <laughs> yeah. that hair department had, oh, my God, she was so, like, I think she woke everybody up. Yeah. Because the show was so long. The show was so long. And after a while, it started to drag on, especially with, with you know, to me, the host. I wasn't that crazy about the host, but it just started to drag on and, when she won, I think everybody woke up from the front of that room all the way back to the lounge and where the bar area was because she was so <laughs> loud and so excited. And, oh, my gosh, it was funny. It was funny. Um, best yeah. period and a character hairstyling. Our flag, this is again for television series, our flag means death. Uh, Margarita Pigeon, Stacey uh, Bazell, Kate Loftus, and Christopher Enlow. Um, we have more television spe- uh, television special, one-hour or more live program series. Best Contemporary Makeup went to Legendary, Tanya Green, Tyson Fontaine, Sylvia Lessell, and Sean Conklin. Best Period and or Character Makeup for Television Special, The Guardians of the Galaxy, Holiday Special, um, Michael Ornelas, Matt Sprunger, John Moore, and Robin Pritchard. Best Special Makeup Effects for a Television Special, The Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I'm going to skip reading the team's names. Uh, television Special, uh, one hour or more. Best Contemporary Hairstyling, again, went to Legendary. Um, best Period and or Character Hairstyling went to Beauty and the Beast, the 30th Celebration. Um, daytime television. Now, I don't know about anybody else, but I normally judge a lot for the daytime television. And it is some of the prettiest <laughs> contemporary makeup you ever want to see. I actually enjoy judging daytime television because, it. I mean, you just get to see, like, like maybe three, four-minute segments of these shows, 
but it has some of the best makeup. Um, daytime television, best makeup, the Boule Brothers, Dragula, um, Titans. Best hairstyling for daytime television, the Kelly Clarkson Show. Um, children and teen television programming, best makeup, the Quest. Uh, children and teen television programming, best hairstyling, the Quest. Um, children and teen, no, I'm sorry, commercials and music videos, best makeup, American Horror Stories, Dollhouse. Um, commercials and music videos, best hairstyling, American Horror Stories, season two. Theatrical productions, which is live stage, best makeup, Kinky Boots. Um, theatrical productions, best hairstyling, La Traviata. And I believe that's it. I think that's all of them. Well, and of course, there were like some special. There were some special um, awards given uh, to some makeup artists, and as well as to um, Angela uh, Bassett that evening. Yeah. Well, the Bassetts, which we didn't mention, um, I just wanted to mention yeah. that. Um, now, remember I was telling you the other day that somebody um, pointed out that there were no black winners at the BAFTAs. Mm-hmm. Of, course we knew, of course we knew that there were some nominees, but there were no black winners at the, at, at the BAFTAs. Well, it didn't all, – all I was thinking was actors – Mm-hmm. It didn't. It didn't register to me with anyone else, and so as I was getting the names for the winners, so the winner for the BAFTA, and for those who don't know, the BAFTA is pretty much the British equivalent of the Academy Awards. Um, so the winner for makeup and hair was Elvis. Yeah, and actually, actually, Elvis won a lot at the Baptist. But oh yeah, the movie as a whole, yeah. When I was reading that article about there were no, you know, black winners, I wasn't even thinking. But costume design, Mm -hmm. Elvis, Elvis won costume design. Was um was was um Ruth Carter um. She wasn't nominated at all? I believe she was. For Bath. She was nominated for Bath. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So she, um, she, so Elvis won that. Elvis won that. Hmm. That was interesting to me. Very interesting. Yeah. And so yeah, well, tonight. The, I, I think. I think the BAFTAs, you know, stands for British Academy Film Awards. I think um, it was very interesting to me because I I felt like the BAFTAs followed suit. I felt like the BAFTAs did everything that the Academy Awards did when it came to their nomination, except Mm -hmm. for Best Actress. It included Danielle Deadwaller for Till and um, Viola Davis for The Woman King. But when it came to the winners, 
Kate Blanchett. Mm-hmm. And we'll see coming soon who's going to take it home for um, the Oscars, but Danielle and Viola were not even included in those nominations for the Oscars. But, I just I felt, the- I almost felt like I almost felt like they didn't want um, any backlash like the Oscars because everybody's talking about how they were robbed. I'm not sure about um, Viola. I mean, I've honestly seen that movie twice, and I'm I'm still not sure about that. But I do know Danielle's performance was excellent. Well, also tonight is the SAG Awards, the Screen Actor Guild Awards. So yes, um, we'll see how that plays out. I mean, of course, already there are some winners already taken, you know, have already won for different mm-hmm. things, but they haven't really gotten into the, you know, the outstanding performances for, like, um, you know, female actor in a supporting mm-hmm. role or male actor in a supporting role or leading role. They haven't gotten into those categories yet. Right. Now, the those are probably interesting, closer to the end. The interesting thing about the SAG Awards that people have to remember, the SAG Awards is basically actors voting for mm-hmm. actors. So it's your peers. It's it's the same thing when we were at the Guild Awards. It's your mm-hmm. peers. Um, and so and, and the reason why I mentioned that is because it may have a very different result than what some people may think. So mm-hmm. unlike unlike the image awards, this is not about the popular vote. You know what I mean? Like like oh, because you know the general public gets to vote in the image awards. So people are going to vote for the movie they saw. You know, mm-hmm. type of thing. <clears throat> this is not what this is. And then it's important to say, you know, like your Academy Awards. Um, you know, you have a special committee that's voting. You know, it's not every necessarily every single member having the opportunity to vote like with the guild. Well for the for so, the for know. the for the nominations for the nominations there's a yeah, you know um, there's like governors in your in your peer group. So there so for um for makeup and hair there's a you know makeup and hair governors who will decide who the nominees are, but for the winners, anybody who's a member of the academy, whether that's an actor, a director, a makeup artist, you know, costume designer, any member of the academy can vote for the winners, the final winners. The winners, right? It's just the nominations is you know different. Mm-hmm. And that's why right. you see that's why you, and that's why you see. Sometimes people see these results that like that'll like shock you, like oh my god, like why did you know why didn't Santa win or whatever, um, or why didn't some some particular show or individual get nominated? And it's because you know, like you said, you have these governors. If that's a special committee, who say these are the these are the ones that are the best. But then once you have them named, then everybody can vote. So. Right. It's interesting. It's interesting. But the way that I see it is to even be considered in the number um, is a, it's a huge thing for me. And so 
I, again, was, was very grateful, you know, for our Guild nomination um, and just thankful, really, for the entire experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know for me, because I, I got to go on just a little bit longer run and and really um, kind of campaign for the Oscar a little bit, and it was it's amazing actually. It's it's an amazing experience. You learn a lot, and you you learn exactly kind of what they're looking for. You you learn who people are when you're when you're kind of like campaigning for this thing, and and you know people get a little <laughs> people get a little crazy. You know, even even when you're not even at the point of being nominated yet, people change and they become a little different because people want it so bad. But um, it's something to work for, to strive for, um, and you know it's it's just it's just good to be considered. It's right. good to be considered, even if you're not chosen. It's good to be considered. It's good that people, you know, looked at your work and thought it's a possibility that we this could be nominated. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's huge. Right. Like, I still haven't wrapped my brain quite around that. But that's huge. Yeah, that's really absolutely. huge. Absolutely. Well, that's all we have for tonight. We wanted to come and give you all the hair and makeup winners for all of the awards during award season. Again, like I said, um, the SAG Awards are taking place right now, but there's no – there's no, unfortunately, there's no um, hair, makeup, or costume uh, category because, it's, like I said, it's just actors. But we will have the winners of the Academy Award when that um, when that happens to take place as well. So stay tuned for that. And that's all we have for you guys tonight. So make sure you tune in next Sunday night. We'll be back with another guest on next Sunday. But in the meantime, have a wonderful evening and have a beautiful and blessed week. Good night, everybody. Good night.